Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. April is here, and that means it's time for basketball playoffs. You can use our promo code BLEAVE50, B-L-E-A-V, Five zero to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. Then you can use that 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online Sportsbook to place a plus 6,000 bet on my Sacramento Kings to light the beam and win the NBA championship. Bet Online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night, however and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network. Except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. And podcasts aren't live, of course, as always. You can listen however and whenever you want. It's the beauty of podcasts. Welcome, 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 everybody. It's a fantabulous Friday, April 14th, according to my count. It may not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in however and whenever it is you may be listening. We've got a fun show planned for you today. We are looking at the NFL draft because it is NFL draft season, and sometimes you just got to wait for the NBA results to play out. We've previewed the teams going into the playoffs. We've previewed the play-in tournament. We've previewed the first few rounds, or the first few playoff matchups in the first round. Now we will watch them all play out. And tonight, root for Oklahoma City to beat the Minnesota Timberwolves and go to the first round of the playoffs with a team that is 22.8 years old average age. And Shai Gilgis Alexander can get some more spotlight on the national stage because Shai Gilgis Alexander put up an incredible, incredible, incredible game winner to beat the New Orleans Pelicans in the first play in game. So there's only so much excitement we can derive from that. We'll come back on Monday, talk about the play in final round, all of the first round matchups, all the news, notes, stories of the NBA playoffs. So today we're going to put the NBA on pause. And we are going to swing on over to the NFL draft because it's lying season. Smoke screens are being sent up left and right, trying to draw people's attention away from the transactions that are probably going to happen. We're seeing people shooting up draft boards, dropping lower and lower, all sorts of controversies and stories about players rising, falling shooting up draft boards, quarterbacks moving up, rumors about the Baltimore Ravens, all sorts of wild and wacky news going on, and I ignore all of it. All of it. 
Don't pay attention to the rumors. Don't pay attention to the stories of people rising or falling because drafts are totally unpredictable. It's like trying to predict March Madness brackets and finding an edge in your prediction. It's random. It's at the discretion of human choices and everyone has different boards. It just takes one team to do something wild and wacky to throw the entire draft process out of order. I think only one season did the draft like go in the order that it was anticipated where you could realistically pick the first eight picks of the draft. I can't remember if it was 2020 or 2021, but the draft basically went in the order. I think 2020, the draft basically went in the order everyone anticipated it would go in when it was Joe Burrow and Chase Young and Jeff Okuda and then an offensive tackle by the New York Giants, and then the next pick was Tua, and then the next pick was Justin Herbert. That was the draft that went in order of what everyone anticipated, but everyone, every other draft, it just takes one team to do something wild and wacky, like not draft Justin Fields for 10 picks for the entire draft to get thrown out of whack. Which is why I'm going to pay attention to one singular rumor. I just said don't pay attention to any of the rumors, don't take them seriously, Some teams are doing it for their own benefit. Some people are doing it to throw off other teams. In some cases, like the Arizona Cardinals when they drafted Kyler Murray, some teams are doing it at their own detriment to smokescreen what pick they're going to make. The one I do want to focus in on is the possibility of the Houston Texans passing on a quarterback to select Will Anderson at pick number two a rumor that has gained traction within the last week. Could be the Texans sending out smoke signals to try and convince a team to trade up to number two. For the most part, everyone thought the Houston Texans would take either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. It's sounding more and more like the Panthers are actually going to take Bryce Young instead of C.J. Stroud, which is a flip from when they first made the trade and we talked about the Carolina-Chicago trade where the odds were like minus 400 that C.J. Stroud was going to be the pick at number one. It seems like Bryce Young is going to be the pick at number one now. Thank the heavens that we're going to save Bryce Young from the Houston Texans and that worst-run organization in all of North American pro sports. Thank God that Bryce Young is going to be saved from going to Houston. But now there's a scenario where C.J. Stroud might be saved from going to the dumpster fire five-year rebuild of the Houston Texans, who, I remind you again, every year we celebrate Bill O'Brien Day on January 12th because Bill O'Brien was up 24-0 in the playoffs against the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes got outscored 51-10, I think 51-3, the rest of the game in the second quarter. Got outscored 51-3 basically in three quarters. And then not only tore down the Houston Texans, also fueled three different NFL franchises' most successful runs of the last 15 years. The sexual predator went to Cleveland. All their draft picks went to Miami for Laramie Tunsil. And then DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt both went to the Arizona Cardinals basically for free. Cardinals gave up a second round pick and David Johnson, who was offloading a bad contract, basically got DeAndre Hopkins for free. Houston Texans might pass on a quarterback in year four of a five-year rebuild 
For those who are keeping track at home, we also celebrate Bill O'Brien Day because as of the end of this year, the Houston Texans have the worst record in the NFL of any franchise since being up 24-0 on Kansas City in the playoffs in 2020. Houston might pass on a quarterback and go for Will Anderson. I don't think this is as crazy as people are making it out to be. And I know Blake Jude has C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young at the top of his draft board. I think he has C.J. Stroud a slight bit over Bryce Young. Some people have Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. They're both 1-2 and in the quarterback position, and neither are can't-can't-miss prospects. From what I understand, neither player is Trevor Lawrence. Neither player is Andrew Luck. This is not a can't-can't-miss prospect. They're just better than Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, and teams really want quarterbacks. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud being the top two picks were presumed to be the case, and I think people are overreacting at, like, how could Houston possibly not take Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud at one or two? And there's a twofold point that I want to make here, and I said the same thing on the Arizona Cardinals podcast, Red Rain, that Walter Mitchell and I do, and I said this on Joe Camo's Mock Draft Monday, of which I was a participant of last week. And, it, and this is the point that I wanted to make around that. If you believe that Will Anderson, who is the number one prospect in this draft class, he's one of Blake Jude's three blue chip players and is Blake Jude's number one overall prospect. Since he was a junior in high school, he's been identified as a first round pick. People have known since, the, since March of 2022 that he would be the number one prospect in his class this year. If you believe that Will Anderson is your Miles Garrett, Will Anderson is your Nick Bosa, there is no price you could pay me to move out of that draft pick. Now, of course, there is the concern of he might not be that player. He might battle injuries, whatever the case may be. If you... and, and. Everyone comes with some level of concern. Some prospects are not as highly uh, touted as a player like Will Anderson. If you believe, as Blake Jude does, as many draft prospect draft scouts do, that this is your Miles Garrett, there is no price you could pay to move out of that spot because that level of an impact player becomes the foundation of your franchise for 10 seasons. It doesn't guarantee that you're going to immediately go from being bad to being good. Neither does drafting a great quarterback, though. Like, we've seen it this year. There is no guarantee that drafting a great quarterback is going to turn around your franchise exponentially. Looking at you, Los Angeles Chargers. Looking at you, Arizona Cardinals. Looking at you, Green Bay Packers. Obviously, three different cases, three different clear-cut points as to drafting a top quarterback that does not automatically change the course of your franchise. Joe Burrow has changed the course of the Cincinnati Bengals franchise. They also needed to select Jamar Chase, select T. Higgins, sign those corners in free agency, get a free agent acquisition like Trey Hendrickson, which has done absolute wonders for them beyond what they could have expected when they signed Trey Hendrickson, drafting Logan Wilson in the third round, having Jermaine Pratt be an undrafted player who becomes one of the 10 best linebackers in the league, according to Pro Football Focus, signing a player like Mike Hinton, uh, Mike Hilton, 
moves like that have been the reason why the Cincinnati Bengals have built a foundation around Joe Burrow to the point where even when Joe Burrow plays poorly in the second round of the playoffs against the Buffalo Bills, they still win the game and win the game running away. When Justin Herbert fell apart in the second half against the Jaguars, it was over for the Chargers. When Kyler Murray fell apart at the start of the season, it was over for Arizona because they had no secondary, very little ability to stop teams from scoring on defense, and oh, by the way, an offensive line that had 10 different combinations that season that ultimately ended with Kyler Murray tearing his ACL. So yeah, you have to do other things. There is no get-rich-quick or get rich quick fix in the NFL it just it just does not exist and the reason I sub I like the idea of the Panthers and Bears making that swap in Chicago's case and why I support the Cardinals trading down from three is I don't know how to build a team but we know that the more shots you get at the board the better chance you will have of developing impact players and If you believe Will Anderson is a level of impact player like a Miles Garrett, like a Nick Bosa, number one prospect in his class, such as Bosa and Garrett, such as Kayvon Thibodeau last year for the New York Giants, if you believe that he is one of those highest highest graded players on the board prospects at a position that is regarded as like the... The, the outside linebacker slash edge rusher position is the position most correlated with raw physical gifts will lead to success. It is the position where the most five-star prospects turn into NFL stars as opposed to uh, offensive line where the average star rating of the all-pro team last year was like two stars coming out of high school. The average for edge rushers is like 4.5 stars. Like, Edge rusher is the position that most correlates with raw physical abilities are what will correlate to the NFL. If you believe that a player at that position is the number one in their class and can have an impact the way Miles Garrett or Nick Bosa does, there is no price you can pay me to move out of that spot. And if the Houston Texans value that as their as the number one prospect, which is not wild. Again, Blake Jude has said this. Daniel Jeremiah has said this. Top draft people have said Will Anderson is the number one prospect in their class. When people were doing those way too early mock drafts at the end of last year's draft, Will Anderson was the number one pick in this year's draft. If Will Anderson has been seen as this top prospect for years and is still regarded as the number one prospect coming into the class, I could understand there not being a price you could pay me if you believe that he is going to be that level of an impact player. And that goes for Arizona and that goes for Houston at this stage of the game. So let's play out the scenario today where the Houston Texans draft Will Anderson. And I said earlier there was a twofold reason why this makes sense. The number one reason is Will Anderson, as we just outlined, if you believe he is that caliber of a player, impact like a Miles Garrett or a Nick Bosa, there is no price you could pay me to move out of that spot. So we're going to operate under the assumption that Houston takes Will Anderson when we go through a less than 20-minute mock draft like myself and Walter Mitchell do all the time. The second reason is the Houston Texans still have the draft picks that they got from trading the sexual predator to the Cleveland Browns, which means they can take those draft picks and trade for Lamar Jackson. And look, I know I said that Lovey Smith and Davis Mills 
were heroes because they protected Bryce Young from going to Houston, and we should protect Bryce Young at all costs from going to that sad sack of an organization. I wouldn't wish that sad sack of an organization upon Lamar Jackson. At the same time, Lamar Jackson also wants to get his money, and he might have to go to a sad sack of an organization in order to get his money. (laughs) Whether that's the Colts, whether that's the Texans, the Raiders should have gotten involved, Washington... Like, Lamar Jackson might have to go to a sad sack of an organization in order to get the money that he is requesting in free agency. And Houston is the worst-run organization in North American professional sports. At least they've got D'Amico Ryans now. When free agents or when the coaching hiring process was going on, Houston seemed like a more desirable job than the Broncos and the Cardinals, which now we kind of understand more about why the Cardinals were such a not desirable job when we learn about the Bidwell ownership group and bullying, harassment, cheating going on in the organization. The NFLPA report cards graded the Cardinals 31st out of 32 teams, and the only team worse than them was the one who had an open congression, had multiple branches of Congress investigating them, multiple, sorry, they had Congress and the SEC and the Federal Trade Commission investigating them. When you have like multiple sections of the government investigating you, that's the only organization that's worse currently than the Arizona Cardinals. So Houston was more desirable than that job, but it was also somehow more desirable than the Broncos job. And the reason we know that is because D'Amico Ryans got offered the Broncos job and took the Texans job instead. And somehow the Broncos settled on Sean Payton. It's a wild sentence to say. The Broncos settled on Sean Payton. They wanted D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans told them no. They settled on Sean Payton is wild to think about so I guess you know Houston was more desirable than the Broncos and Cardinals job so you could do worse Lamar Jackson and you might have to go to a sad sack organization in order to get the value that you're looking for so Lamar Jackson finds himself potentially going to Houston Houston ponies up the two draft picks required to get Lamar Jackson they've got four receivers half of them just came over from the Dallas Cowboys Blake Jude and I were laughing about this last week where the Cowboys and the Texans basically just flipped skill position players. Brandon Cooks went from the Texans to the Cowboys. Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz went from the Cowboys to the Texans. Both teams just were like, hey, you want our mid-skill position players? Sure. Do you want our mid-skill position players? Sure. Why not? Let's try it. (laughs) Let's try it out. We'll just flip skill position players and see how that works. So, like, at least you've got Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz and Robert Woods, even though they probably overpaid for Robert Woods. They're going to get second-round pick John Mechie from last year back after he dealt. Uh, he was battling cancer over the last season. So, yeah, the Houston Texans at least have something. And like I said, I wouldn't wish him up I wouldn't wish the Texans upon Lamar Jackson at the same time I recognize Lamar might have to go to a not desirable organization in order to get the bag that he is looking for and you know what congratulations to you Lamar Jackson you get your 200 plus million guaranteed 
the Ravens get the number 12 pick in the draft and a first rounder into the future, maybe some other compensation. And we'll see what happens with the Texans rolling out with Lamar Jackson and Will Hernandez. Like, could you imagine if the Texans walk away from the next two drafts with Will Hernandez and Lamar Jackson? That is a potential franchise altering haul that the Houston Texans are walking away with in the situation. So you know what? In a scenario where they're the team that trades for Lamar Jackson and meets the Baltimore Ravens price tag, might make sense for them to take Will Anderson with that second pick in the draft. And they have a lot of money available at their disposal. They've spent three years rebuilding. Nobody wants to take their money. Why not give it all to Lamar Jackson? You could definitely do worse things than give your money to Lamar Jackson and Laramie Tunsil. Because remember, Laramie Tunsil got a record-setting contract extension. So now we got Mock Draft 3.0 in under 20 minutes. Going to roll through these picks the way Walter and Mitchell, Walter Mitchell and I normally do our NFL Mock Drafts. Uh, Carolina's going to take Bryce Young. Talked about that a couple times already. Will Anderson's going to go number two. So now we got someone trying to trade up to number three. And I tried to look up because there was the Schefter report this week that the Arizona Cardinals have heard from six different teams on the possibility of a trade to number three. And I went through Bleacher Report. I went through Revenge of the Birds. Went through NFL.com. Tried to figure out, you know, who are the teams most connected to the number three pick in the draft? And you saw some Indianapolis, you saw some Las Vegas, a long shot team would be Atlanta. The team that came up pretty consistently at the top was the Tennessee Titans. When I did the mock draft Monday with Joe Camo, he had a mock draft scenario in which the Cardinals traded with the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans are the team most connected to the number three pick in the draft. Makes a lot of sense in terms of their need for quarterback. Not sure if it makes the most sense in the world when it comes to what they would have to give up in compensation to move up to number three. But in this scenario, they could move up to number three and get C.J. Stroud, a quarterback regarded more favorably than... Anthony Richardson, or Will Levis. So we got the Tennessee Titans jumping up to number three, selecting C.J. Stroud. Arizona goes back to 11. They get a first-round pick next year, a couple second-rounders into the future. Arizona's got themselves a nice little haul of draft picks because it's looking like their own draft picks are going to get docked based on the cheating scandal that has now been brought to light by the Bidwills and their former employees, Terry McDonough and Ron Minigar, whose resignation letter corroborates much of the information brought forth by one Terry McDonough, former vice president of the Cardinals, whose career took a hit after he was forced into cheating to collect burner phones during a suspension for Steve Keim and... Also talked about uh, racial discrimination, gender-based discrimination, bullying, harassment, a culture of fear within the Arizona Cardinals organization. We talked about that last week, and if you check out the Red Rain podcast, we've talked about it a couple of times with Walter Mitchell. 
So looks like the Cardinals are going to get some draft picks docked, and they'll make up for that by the terrible season that they just had trading back to have some draft picks into the future. Somehow a weird net neutral for the new general manager, Monty Ossenfort, and new head coach, Jonathan Gannon, both of whom are hired on the cheap. The 31st highest paid general manager and the 32nd highest paid coach in the NFL are currently with the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are playing it cheap after giving those giant contract extensions to Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Keim. C.J. Stroud, number three. Will Levis, number four. Why? Because it seems like Jim Irsay really likes Will Levis at this point. So you know what? Will Levis, congratulations. You're an Indianapolis Colt, even though Anthony Richardson is on the board, which means if Anthony Richardson is available at number five, the Seattle Seahawks are taking him. The Seahawks are drafting Anthony Richardson, sitting him behind Geno Smith, and Pete Carroll's going to get a quarterback to mold for the final five to ten years of his football coaching career. And that'll be interesting to watch because Seattle's a really, really well-run organization. And what do Carolina, Arizona, Houston, and Indianapolis all have in common? They are not very well-run organizations. So it'll be cool to see one of these quarterbacking prospects actually end up in a well-run organization like the Seattle Seahawks. So Anthony Richardson, number five. Detroit at number six, select Tyree Wilson, edge rusher, Texas Tech. Uh, This is a pick that we had in Mock Draft 2.0, I believe. So if you want to break down on that, listen to Blake Jude and I a couple weeks ago on our Friday. It was a Stripe Hype NFL Mock Draft 2.0. Paris Johnson Jr. goes to Vegas at number seven. He's maybe the best offensive tackle prospect. He's Blake Jude's number one offensive tackle prospect. Him and uh, Peter Skaronsky are kind of close between different draft guys. And, oh, by the way, spoiler alert, Peter Skaronsky goes at number eight to the Atlanta Falcons. So Vegas and Atlanta take the two top offensive tackles. Blake Jude would probably agree with the Paris Johnson-Peter Skaronsky decision. Could go either direction. I've seen some people talk about Skaronsky as number one. Will Brinson, who works for CBS and has liked one of our tweets before. So let's call him friend of the show and our friend of our work, Will Brinson, uh, also had Peter Skaronsky as his number one offensive lineman taken in his mock draft. So, hey, you know what? Peter Skaronsky might be the, the Raiders pick and Paris Johnson might be the Falcons pick. But either way, both of them are going to take offensive linemen. Jalen Carter, number nine to Chicago. We've talked about Jalen Carter a bit here on the show. He obviously got arrested on misdemeanor charges in connection to a speeding and racing incident that led to the death of one of his teammates and a team manager for the Georgia Bulldogs. Sliding down draft boards seems like more because of his poor pro day than anything else. we've talked in depth about that. We'll just give Jalen Carter to the Chicago Bears and move on. Nolan Smith goes to Georgia as the edge rusher, uh, or sorry, Nolan Smith from Georgia goes to the Philadelphia Eagles with the 10th pick in the NFL draft. So Nolan Smith slides in at number 10. Then we get to Arizona. They remember Arizona flipped from number three to number 11. And the Arizona Cardinals are going to take a corner. Why? Because every time I do a mock draft with the Arizona Cardinals, I say the Arizona Cardinals desperately need something in the secondary. 
I couldn't believe all last season covering the Arizona Cardinals that they had the worst secondary and the worst cornerback room in the NFL and just never really tried to make a significant impact on it. Granted, they signed Jeff Gladney, who tragically died in a car accident during uh, April or May of last year, and they traded for Trayvon Mullen after the fact, cut him a little bit later. Their one good corner, Byron Murphy, left to sign with the Minnesota Vikings. So, yeah, they desperately need some corners. And uh, I'm going to take Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. Blake Jude would probably have Christian Gonzalez as his number one. But I wanted Christian Gonzalez to slide to the Baltimore Ravens at number 12 because the Baltimore Ravens got Kyle Hamilton last year. Blake Jude's number two overall prospect fell to Baltimore at 14, was the number one graded safety according to Pro Football Focus last season. So, wouldn't it be funny if Baltimore got the number one corner this year with the number 12 pick in the draft that they traded for Lamar Jackson? They flipped out Lamar Jackson and ended up getting a top corner out of the deal anyways. Wouldn't it be funny if that ended up happening for Baltimore? So yeah, they get Christian Gonzalez with the 12th pick in the draft. New York Jets take Broderick Jones at 13. New England takes Brian Branch at 14. Those were the same picks that we made in Mock Draft 1.0. So if you want to go back to Mock Draft 1.0, get some in-depth analysis from Blake Jude and I, you can go check that out. 15 pick is right now the Green Bay Packers. In this scenario, we're going to have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trade up from 19 to 15. Tampa Bay is in a post-Tom Brady world. They might have to give up a third-round pick in order to make this swap. They're going to make the flip between Tampa and Green Bay in order to go up and select Joey Porter Jr., the corner from Penn State, before the Pittsburgh Steelers pick him, before the Washington racial slurs pick Joey Porter Jr. By the way, we're getting close to not calling him the Washington racial slurs anymore. Dan Snyder agreed to sell the team. For $6 billion, the ownership group of the Philadelphia 76ers are the ones who are getting in the game, the big money NFL football game. We might inch ever so close to not calling them the Washington racial slurs anymore. But for the time being, the Washington racial slurs are going to pick Cam Smith. He's the corner from South Carolina. He's Blake Jude's number four corner. So makes sense that he's the fourth corner off the board. Pittsburgh doesn't get Joey Porter Jr. They get Keely Ringo, the corner from Georgia. Maybe Keely Ringo turns out better than Joey Porter Jr. It's more of a personal preference situation once you get to the three through five cornerbacks, as our friend Blake Jude talks about. Uh, 18 Detroit, Bijan Robinson. Why? Because I've said it before. Any team between 10 and 20, I could justify taking Bijan Robinson. If the Steelers did it, it'd be weird. But again, Bijan Robinson is Blake Jude's number three overall prospect. I could have given him to the Philadelphia Eagles. I didn't want to rehash that situation again like we had last time. In our previous draft, we had Bijan Robinson going to the Dallas Cowboys when the Cowboys traded up to number 20, or I think they traded up to 18. So when the Cowboys traded up, they took Bijan Robinson. In this scenario, Detroit's going to sit there and take Bijan Robinson because. 
I could see New England taking him. I could see the Jets taking him. I could see Washington taking him. I could see Detroit, Tampa, Green Bay. Would Green Bay would be a little weird, but maybe not Green Bay. Seattle taking him. Buffalo taking him. Baltimore, the Chargers, all those teams taking Bijan Robinson. Every all of them make sense with drafting a blue chip running back, the best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley. Could totally justify any one of those teams drafting Bijan Robinson. And I'm going to do it for Detroit because Detroit doesn't have Jamal Williams anymore. By the way, does anyone know where Jamal Williams went? Because I was thinking about this earlier when I made the Bijan pick to set up this mock draft. I have no idea where Jamal Williams plays now. I know he broke the Lions' touchdown record last season with 17 touchdowns. He only has 30 touchdowns in his career. I know he had more touchdowns this last year than he had in his entire career prior to last season. Does anyone know where Jamal Williams plays? Just looked it up right now. I wanted to do this on air. I was thinking, huh, where is Jamal Williams? Just looked it up. Jamal Williams is apparently... A New Orleans Saint. Which means apparently he's going to be backing up Alvin Kamara this season. Which means apparently he's going to be stealing all of Alvin Kamara's touchdowns in fantasy football. Which means apparently I should not draft Alvin Kamara again like I did last season. Also, Jamal Williams got a three-year, $12 million contract from the New Orleans Saints. Good for Jamal Williams. He will be a fun backup running back for the Saints and Derek Carr, and Alvin Kamara, and the right, the wide receiver room led by Chris Olave. That'll be fun to watch. Okay, next up, we got Green Bay, who traded down from Tampa. They'll take Brian Breesey from Clemson. Seattle at 20, they'll take Miles Murphy from Clemson. By the way, in earlier mock drafts, I think we had Miles Murphy potentially going at number 5 to the Seattle Seahawks. He's fallen down draft boards a lot recently, like Nolan Smith. I say falling down draft boards. I can't remember who put this out, but it was a really good point. Like nobody really falls or rises down draft boards. It's more scouts already knew this information and now everyone's adjusting to the information that the scouts have known and it's now slowly being disseminated out to the public. So in this case, everyone had Miles Murphy going higher and then scouts got into the tape and, and decided Nolan Smith was a better edge-rushing prospect than Miles Murphy. And as a result, if, for example, Nolan Smith is going to go 10 to the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's now the number three edge-rusher on the board behind Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson, well, if that makes Miles Murphy the fourth edge-rusher on the board, there's a chance Miles Murphy could fall all the way down to Seattle at 20. Interesting thought experiment that I heard about earlier. Uh, 21 pick. We're going to have Buffalo trade up. This is, again, a rumor that's been in the mix recently. So we're going to have the Buffalo Bills trade up to number 21 with the Chargers and select Jackson Smith and Jigba. He was still alive at pick 21. And damn it, the Buffalo Bills are going to swipe him up because there's been rumors that the Buffalo Bills would trade up in order to get a skill position player Again, the Buffalo Bills have not drafted a pro bowler in four seasons. The Josh Allen draft was the last time they picked a pro bowl player. So Buffalo maybe doesn't need those extra draft picks. They aren't doing a great job of picking 
all impact players through the draft. So why not give up some of those picks and get Jackson Smith and Jigba if and when he falls to pick 21? Baltimore reaches on Hendon Hooker. Not going to get into that one today. If they're going to trade Lamar Jackson, they need a quarterback. They're not going to be able to get one of the top four quarterbacks. So, hey, let's reach on Hendon Hooker. Uh, Minnesota 23, they select Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. We broke him down last week with a scenario where he goes to the Colts in a trade for number 20. This seems to be the territory Michael Mayer is going to get picked, maybe even in the teens somewhere if a team really wants to reach on a skill position player. There was talks about there being four tight ends potentially picked in the first round. That number has clearly gone down recently, so maybe there will be two. I have two in this one. Who's the second one? We're going to find out in a second. See what I did there? Pun intended. So yeah, Michael Mayer goes to the Vikings. Vikings don't have Irv Smith Jr. anymore. They traded for Hawkinson, obviously, but this would just be a scenario where they want to run two tight end sets. Picked Michael Mayer just for the hell of it. They traded Hawkinson. They don't have any other receivers right now. They could have taken Quinton Johnson with this pick. I went for Michael Mayer instead. Maybe they line up Michael Mayer in a slot position at receiver at times, or maybe they even line up Hawkinson as the slot receiver at times. Either way, Hawkinson's their number two receiver, and maybe Michael Mayer acts as a true tight end. Who knows? Uh, Jacksonville, Dewan Jones, he's taken with the 24 pick. Offensive lineman, they lost Jawan Taylor, slide in Dewan Jones. Simple, easy, make it work. Good on Jacksonville. Uh, New York Giants, John Michael Schmitz, 25. We had John Michael Schmitz going to the Giants in Mock Draft 2.0. So if you want to go get a breakdown of that pick, go back to Mock Draft 2.0. Darnell Washington goes to Georgia. Blake Jude did a really in-depth breakdown of Darnell Washington when he got picked by, I want to say, Buffalo in our Mock Draft draft 2.0. So if you want Darnell Washington breakdown in depth, check out Mock Draft 2.0 with Blake Jude from two weeks ago on Friday. Uh, Chargers traded down to 27. They'll take Deontay Banks. I don't know why I love Deontay Banks so much. I've never seen him play football. I know he's like the sixth best corner in this draft class. For some reason, I just got this infatuation with Deontay Banks. And uh, when we did Mock, dra- mock Draft Monday with Joe Camo. I had Deontay Banks getting picked by the Cardinals with the 34 pick or the 33 pick that the Arizona Cardinals hold in the second round of the draft, getting first round prospects at second round prices. And in a scenario where Deontay Banks falls to the second round, Arizona Cardinals should scoop him up, especially if their first pick is going to be Will Anderson. They definitely need to get corner. And if they don't get corner in the first round, The Arizona Cardinals could get a first-round corner at second-round prices because there are six first-round corners this year, according to Blake Jude. There are six of them. It's Devin Witherspoon, it's Christian Gonzalez, it's Joey Porter Jr., it's Cam Smith, it's Keely Ringo, and it's Deontay Banks. All of them are first-round prospects. One or two of them might fall to the second round, and that's where the Arizona Cardinals should scoop them on up. Or any other team in this scenario, like the teams at the bottom of the draft, like we're about to get to Cincinnati, New Orleans, Philadelphia, and Kansas City. Cincinnati, I had him taking Lucas Van Ness. That is a pick that Blake Jude would be very happy to absorb for the Cincinnati Bengals, his hometown stripe hype team, of which he is a season ticket holder. New Orleans Saints, Mozzie Smith. Blake Jude really likes Mozzie Smith. We talked about him last week. Osiris Torrance gets picked by the Philadelphia Eagles. 
interior offensive lineman, replacing Isaac Samalu with a first-round prospect. Keep that offensive line intact for the wonderful, wonderful Philadelphia Eagles, a team that had the best offensive line in the NFL over the last two seasons. And then if you want to go back to the 2017 season, they had the number one offensive line maybe ever with three Hall of Famers playing on their Super Bowl winning offensive line that turned Nick Foles from journeyman backup quarterback into Super Bowl MVP. And then as soon as you took away two of those pieces on the offensive line, immediately went back to looking like Nick Foles in that playoff game in 2018 against the New Orleans Saints. Just a night and day swap between Nick Foles looking like a superstar and Nick Foles looking totally human and giving up a 14-point lead against a better New Orleans Saints team. That was the 2018 divisional round. If anyone wants to go back and see that incredible night and day switch from when the Nick Foles magic immediately died, it was Jason Kelsey got hurt, Jason Peters got hurt, and there was just night and day. Nick Foles went from up 14 against the number one seed in the NFC to losing the game on an Alshon Jeffrey fumble in the fourth quarter. Which wasn't technically Nick Foles' fault, but the three quarters in between those two moments of Jason Kelsey and Jason Peters getting hurt and the Alshon Jeffrey fumble to end the game, the three quarters in between were not great for Nick Foles. Uh, and then Kansas City has the 31 pick. They'll take Quinton Johnson. Why? Because Kansas City has a throwaway pick at 31. They've got basically everything they need. Maybe they could use some offensive line depth, but for the most part, Kansas City has everything they need. So why not draft Quinton Johnson, have him play with Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore and Marquez Valdez-Scantling? I think they just signed Richie James. Why not put all of that together in a wonderful package for Kansas City. So that's our mock draft 3.0. We're two weeks out from the NFL draft. We're going to have Blake Jude come on. If you want some more NFL draft talk, we got mock draft Monday with our friend Joe Camo. That's out now. We also talk about the DeAndre Hopkins news for the Arizona Cardinals. If you want to check that out, links in the description to this episode. If you want some more of us talking about the NFL draft and our mock draft Monday episode. Thanks for stopping in, everybody, to the Take It Easy podcast. Let's root on those Oklahoma City Thunder. They are our team, and then our hometown Sacramento Kings will be playing in the playoffs on Saturday. We'll have all the NBA playoff coverage coming your way on Monday. Thanks for stopping in. Leave a five-star review, a download. All of your support is always greatly appreciated. We will talk to you guys again next week. Have a wonderful weekend, and in the meantime, as always, take it easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 